Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Live Free Podcast, where we talk about living a life of freedom, expansion, and rest in Christ Jesus. I'm so excited about this word today. So today's word is going to be, the title God has given me is, The Gift is Not Enough. I'm going to say that again. The gift is not enough. So God has been uh, speaking to me regarding the fivefold ministry, uh, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Any leader, <clears throat> leader in the body of Christ, this word is for you. So the word of the Lord came to me. Um, I was watching a pastor on YouTube or a prophet, and um, the word of the Lord started speaking to me regarding um, just the responses of the people, the whole environment, the culture, the atmosphere. Um, so basically what God wanted me to hone in on was the borderline of pride and the borderline of, of people worshiping the gift and not the giver of the gift. So I have a few scriptures here. I won't be before you long um, that God wants me to um, speak on um, regarding the gift is not enough. Um, so if you're a pastor, if you're an apostle, preacher, prophet, evangelist, leader, an elder, a bishop, um, leadership is what he's really honing in on in this hour. So the word of the Lord came to me and immediately the scripture that came to me was 1 Corinthians 13. And 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the greatest gifts, the greatest gift. That's the title. So the, the Bible reads, it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and the angels, but have not love, I have become surrounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me absolutely nothing. God is saying the gift is not enough. Because see, what we have to do as a body of believers is we, we need to learn how to separate the gift from the character. So this is a vitally important time that we are, we are in in the body of Christ. <clears throat> and God is looking for leaders that are completely sold out to him. And he's looking for people that are following these leaders as well that are still totally sold out to him. So the reason why God is really honing in on this is because when you are a leader, you have to know leadership is influence. Leadership influences people, which is by why the Bible says that, you know, God will deal with leaders even more stricter than he would deal with people that are not leaders that he have not called into the fivefold ministry. So this is vitally important. And this is also vitally important for ministry, progressing ministry, um, forcefully advancing and the kingdom of God is constantly moving and we don't want anything to stagnate that. Okay, so God has wanted me to hone in on the gift, the gift. Sometimes your gifting will take you places that your character can't keep you. You can be gifted and like the Bible says, have all mystery and knowledge of the spiritual things and you know how to call down fire from heaven. But if you have not love, you, it, you have absolutely nothing. So that's the first scripture. 
And then the second scripture he had me to hone in on was 1 John 2 and 16. And we're going somewhere with this. So just give me a minute here. I won't be before, before you long. As the 1 John 2, 15, it says, do not love the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So what God was showing me in this is we have to be very careful as leaders that we are consistently pointing people back to God. And what do I mean when I say that? I mean that arrogance and boasting and sometimes as leaders, because we have so much influence and we ha have people at our disposal, you know, because people want to honor God and honor the man or woman of God. Uh, and so they are, sometimes people will fall into um, things that they shouldn't really fall into when serving a man or woman of God. And what do I mean by that? I mean, this is the way God shows it to me. If you honor everyone, not a title, then you 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 more apt to stay in accordance to an alignment with what he wants, okay? So when we start to exalt the man and woman of God above God, that becomes a problem. But what I want to hone in on here is the leadership. As a leader, it is your responsibility to, if when you see things like this happening, because we as people know when people are lifting us and elevating us to a point where they shouldn't be elevating us. But as a leader, you have a responsibility to pull that thing, that spirit of pride, because that's what it is. You have to pull that thing back down and you have to align back with the kingdom of God. Meaning when you see people doing things or worshiping you, I, 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 I watched this and I, when I kid you not, they were, it's almost borderline, like it's pride, borderline pride um, and arrogance. And so I watched the people prophesy, prophesy. I mean, true prophet of God, but it was kind of like it was an overkill. Um, and then it was a, a boasting and an arrogance uh, as in that leader started saying, making fun of other believers um, that kind of don't understand or have the revealed knowledge of God the way he has. And because he has such an accuracy to his prophetic gift, there's it started to go into, uh, um, uh, see, this is why y'all can't hear God or this is this, you know, and it was going into an area that it was borderline, not good. And, and, and instead of going into that, you know, the people, you know, fall into their knees because he's so accurate and they're like, almost like worshiping him. And, you know, they got their hands up and I know it's all about God and he's still keeping God first. And he's still saying, thank Jesus. Don't thank me. We have a responsibility as leaders to not allow that to happen. If God has entrusted you with a body of people to um, minister to and to um, watch over their souls, you know, um, we have a responsibility to keep those things in check as leaders. Uh, people shouldn't be walking, groveling, slipping and falling or more afraid of disappointing the leader than they are disappointing God. 
So it, it starts to turn into, you know, oh, don't let don't let the pastor or the prophecy you do that. Or instead of you are God's child, you belong to him. So you have to be very careful as a leader that you keep those things in check. Now, what one, some other things that God mentioned was two things, the love of money and people pleasing. And the reason why I think he honed in on these two right here, the love of money, these things, these two things are major. Um, and the reason I say this is because the love of money, you have to be very careful when offerings, when tithes and, and, and things are being given to you as a leader to make sure that you're not compromising the word of God and the, and the truth um, because of money. And uh, people pleasing because you know you got to give the people what they want, and in fear sometimes as leaders you afraid if you don't give them a show, you know every single week that they may fall off and that the money may fall off. Let me just say this: we don't take credit for anything; it's all God. As leaders, we stay humble. You show me where there's an absence of humility, I'll show you where there's pride. Anytime you see an absence of humility, humility is taking the low position. Humility is serving alongside the people of God. It's not all about uh, people worshiping you, running behind you. And don't get me wrong. I understand order. I understand divine authority. I get it. I get it. But as leaders, we serve the people on their behalf, not vice versa. We are servants to the people of God. They are not serving us. We are serving them. Not only do we serve them in bringing a word, but we also serve them and letting them know we are human. Uh, we are prone to make mistakes just like them. You roll up your sleeves. If they're cleaning the church, you can roll up your sleeves and do the same thing. And I, don't get me wrong. I get that we, as leaders, you have schedules. We have schedules, all these type of things. And don't get me wrong, but what I see even in the secular, if you notice at some restaurants, and this is the example that God gave me with servers and waiters and people that bust the tables and all that good stuff. Certain restaurants, you will have certain owners and certain chefs and certain, that will go above and beyond and will come out to make sure your food is good. And then you would even have some, I've even seen in some restaurants, fast food, where you will have managers come out and they'll bust the tables or managers will come out and they'll bust the tables at the restaurant. Even though they know that they are a manager and they don't have to do it, they will still come out and roll up their sleeves because they know that the people are overwhelmed or so busy that they don't just stand around and look around. Now, I've seen that too. You know, people just stand around and wait for the person who's under, under them, who they have authority over to, to do the work instead of just rolling up their sleeves. I've seen managers go above and beyond and come out and serve the people and make sure everything is good and not just standing behind the scenes. We have to, and, and I think that keeps us balanced and grounded when we do things like that. It's not about, I, I never forget, I had one pastor at a church. Um, she was amazing. Um, and, and we, you know, people would be cleaning the church or putting up things after the service was over and she'd get the broom and she'll start sweeping the church and start cleaning up, you know, 
And she just had a servant's heart, you know, letting the people know that, hey, I'm a person just like you are. Don't worship me, worship God. And even though they don't have to do it, leaders don't have to do it because they aren't in position. I think that's really, it keeps you grounded. It keeps you grounded. So it's vitally important that the love of money um, and the people pleasing, you know, because people want, wanted him to do one thing. The guy was watching. The people wanted him to do one thing. And he was like, no, the Lord just told me to stop. He told me to stop teaching just like that. And so they were still trying to pull on him. You know, they wanted more and more and more. He said, no, the Lord told me to stop. And I think that was for a reason. God does everything for a reason when he's dealing with people, because he want to know, first of all, first and foremost, who is your allegiance to? Who is your allegiance to? Is it to him or is it to the people? Now, the other thing is, don't think for one second, because you are an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, or an evangelist that God don't have a Nathan for you. Because let me tell you this, to every title, every title in the Bible, Samuel, to Saul, there was a Samuel. God will always bring a word of correction. As pastors, as prophets, as leaders, apostles, evangelists, elders, all these titles, deacons, you there's always a word of correction. And I'm mostly talking about the people who run the house of God in terms of like the apostle or the, the pastor or the person who's up there, up there. You are not above reproach, above correction. Because there is a Nathan. There was a Nathan for David. As high as David was, David was king. But don't you know that God brought Nathan to bring that word to David, that word of correction, and at that moment, when God is bringing that word of correction, you can go in one or two directions. You can either receive it and humble yourself and repent, or you can go in the other direction like Saul did and the kingdom was taken from him. So don't ever think that because you are up there that you are above correction because you are a leader, because God has a Nathan for every David, there's a Nathan. For every jo Potiphar, there's a, there was a Joseph. And even in Moses, and as much as God revered and loved Moses, Moses did not enter the promised land because he was disobedient to God. And he, God showed me this, you know, in um, Deuteronomy 32, 51 through 52, it says, because you trans trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribeth, Kadesh, and the wilderness of Zin, because you did not allow, because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel, yet you shall see the land before you, though you shall not go there into the land which I am giving the children of Israel. So basically what God was saying, because Moses did, of course, we know the story. He struck the rock instead of speaking to it. God wanted him to speak to the rock. And instead of him speaking to the rock, he struck the, struck the rock. Um, and because of the pressure of the people, and again, we go back to people pleasing, the pressure of the people, uh, we have to be very careful as leaders that we are done, do not allow money and do, we do not allow the pressure or the people pleasing for us to go beyond what God has called us to do. And uh, this, and even though the punishment, punishment to Moses may have seen it very harsh, but when you look closely at Moses' actions, we see several mistakes, Okay. But obviously Moses disobeyed a direct command from God. God had commanded Moses to speak to the rock instead of striking the rock, right? And so another thing was Moses took the credit for bringing forth the water. He asked the people gathered at the rock 
must we bring you water out of this rock in Numbers 20 and 10. So Moses seemed to be taking credit for the miracle himself and Aaron instead of attribute, attributing that to God. Moses did this publicly. Uh, so God couldn't let it go unpunished and expect the Israelites to understand his holiness. So as a result, we know that what happened, Moses never entered the promised land. So even though God, God loved Moses, but what God was doing was making Moses an example and holding him accountable because nobody was as closest to God as Moses was. So that was the punishment. So he, he, would, he would see the land from afar off, but he didn't enter the land. So I'm here today to tell you that just because you are who you are, there's always a Nathan for David. God always has a remnant. He always has a one that is not a part of the community that he will bring from the outside in to, to give you a word of correction and give you a chance to get it right because he's so merciful. He's so good. He gives us a chance to get it right, which I think is awesome. So we have to be careful of the people pleasing. And also I said again, where there's an absence of humility, you will see pride. So it may not be in every area of the person's life, but something about people and influence and all of that excitement and all of that, just You just can't believe you have people at your disposal the way you have people at your disposal. You have to be very careful because you can easily fall into temptation. Nobody is without um, um, be falling into temptation. We all can, and, you know, we all can fall into that as leaders. Nobody is so walking the straight and narrow that they can't be, fall into that. So we have to be very careful and also... Um, coveting of the gift, worshiping the gift, worshiping people, coveting the gift. The gift means nothing if love is absent. I'm going to say that again. The gift means nothing if love is absent. You can have a, a wonderful gift, but if the character is not there, if the pride is in the way, then it means absolutely nothing. Okay. So also another thing that God had me to write down, he said, he said that uh, we have a responsibility to keep the focus on Jesus and to point people back to his leadership and his glory. Um, as leaders, we, we, we tend to, um, sometimes we get beside ourselves as leaders. I'm just going to keep it 100, all right? Sometimes, as leaders, we get beside ourselves. And we think because we have people at our disposal and because we have this, these things and people are giving us their money for tithes and offerings, we sometimes get beside ourselves. So we have to pull ourselves back in line. And that's everybody. That's not no one person or one denomination. That's everybody. You see this even in, in jobs. You see this, you know, how arrogance comes in and pride comes in and all of that. And they treat the people like peasants, you know, and all this kind of foolery that goes on. Um, also... God is saying that uh, you show me a corrupt church and I will show you a corrupt leader. Everything starts and works its way from the head down. You show me a, a church that has a servant's heart, I'll show you a, a minister or a pastor or an apostle of a church that has a, a servant's heart. It falls from the head down. This is why it's vitally important that we pull people back in line. Even if we don't want the glory, we don't want the people to, to, to do what they do. It's our responsibilities as leaders to tell the people, like the angels told the man, 
Don't worship me, worship God. You have to keep those things in check. And as a leader, even if the people move in that area, it's your responsibility to put them back in line and to let them know God is the only true living God. Don't worship me. Don't, don't, don't idolize me. Don't do any of that. So God is just saying in this hour that um, we have to keep those things in line. And also he said, bad company corrupts good character. So if you're constantly in an atmosphere or an environment where the pastor is prideful, where these things are happening, and he's not putting things back into the divine order in which they need to go. God's saying that you need to remove yourself because it, because the longer you stay in the situation in an atmosphere like that, it's going to corrupt you. And it's going to get to the point where God is going to point things out and he's going to show things to you so that you can actually cut it loose and get on and go to somewhere else or just get, remove yourself from that environment. Because the longer you stay around a corrupt environment, the more it gets inside of you. And you get to the point where if you're not listening to what God is saying, if he's telling you to leave, if he's telling you to not to no longer be a part of craziness and you still stay there, then then you'll become a part of it and you'll no longer be able to differentiate uh, the good from the bad. You just, you'll be a part of it. Your eyes will be blinded to what's happening. So how do we know? And we know this because when we worship God and not people, we are nothing without Jesus. Absolutely nothing. That's, this is what he was saying to me. We are nothing without him. And how do we know we are nothing without Jesus? You know how we know we are nothing without Jesus as leaders? Because you should have met me before I met him. <laughs> that's how I know I'm nothing. I know when God is with me and how I am as a person and when I, before I met him, how I was as a person. And I'm telling you right now, I know that I am absolutely nothing without God because before I met him, you should have saw me. You should have saw me. And so I said all of that to say, just to wrap it up, guys, that the gift is not enough. Gifting will take you places that your character can't keep you, but keep those gifts in check. Keep that character in check. Keep that humble spirit and that humble servant spirit aligned with the kingdom of God because we know humility comes before honor, but pride comes before destruction. That is the word of the Lord today for the leaders. Know that you are an influence over God's people, treated delicately and, um, you want to make sure that God is being exalted above everything else and God's plans will be accomplished with or without us, with or without us, no matter what. So flow in the spirit and be led by the spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that is the word of the Lord today. Until next time, guys, thank you for joining in. Please subscribe to my channel and like and comment and share your thoughts on this. Until next time, I'll see you in the next video. Bye, loves.